Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It was 24 years before we got back yeah, together. 24 years. 24. To the day. February 26, 2018 is when we got back together. When I saw him again, he had always been there. And like I said, you, we went through two marriages here, two marriages there, another relationship here that I was really praying myself out of that relationship and getting counseling, receiving, uh, asking God for confirmation. I kept getting confirmation after confirmation after confirmation. Yeah. And then he sends me a text one day and um, just says, ask how I'm doing and just ask if he could pray with me. And I was like, what? Can you can you pray for me and the kids? Of course you can. And then it is history from there. God heard your prayer. Absolutely. I aim to make emotional healing a global norm through cultivating candid discussions about love. My parents got married and divorced to each other three times. Or you can look at it as they kept trying. In the end of my father's life, that's what he told me. I aspire to mend marriages. I'm intentional about loving her mm-hmm. because um, now I understand that, you know, I was able to be free in loving me, then I can love her. Reignite hope for singles seeking future relationships. How can you glory in being single and want a companion at the same time? How can you not? I know. You're only going to be as, as successful as a wife as you were at a single. And inspire men to lead their homes in accordance with biblical principles. When I made my vows, I told God that I was going to take care of this gift. This is my gift. And I was obligated to see after him and him alone. Join me on this journey where these heartfelt and vulnerable conversations form the patchwork for the quilt that will envelop my future wife. I have uh, accepted their opinions without criticism. And uh, the theme is that I'm happy, and I want to be happy in the future. I'm the Terrasar Whitfield. Welcome to the Dear Future Wifey Podcast. Welcome to the Dear Future Wifey Podcast. I'm your host, the Terrasar Whitfield. Listen, we are in season eight. Are you still shacking up with us? Come on. If you're still shacking up with us, can we get a commitment? Come on, we've been we've been dating each other for the last three years. Can we get a commitment? Hit that subscription button and subscribe. Make sure you turn on your notification bell so you'll be notified about upcoming episodes. And we've added a link in the description. Make sure that you hit that link, sign up for our mailing list so you'll be notified when we come to your city with the live podcast or when we take these trips. And we have an exciting four-year anniversary event in April that I want I want to make sure that you know about. And so make sure you subscribe. Well, this is a season. This this season, we haven't even given it a title. And so I'm not even going to give it a title because I want God to lead me and the people that, that we interview. But the heartbeat of it, my mindset is getting couples that represent love, the epitome of love, purpose partners, long-lasting love, uh, love that weathers the test of time. 
Today, I have an amazing couple on the podcast. I was doing a live podcast. Uh, I was doing an IG live earlier this month, and um, I met this amazing gentleman. And I said, you know what? I got to have you on the podcast because y'all know my mission is to get more men, not only to watch the podcast, but to show up at our live events, to show up at our retreats in hopes I can find y'all, y'all husbands. You know what I'm talking about? I'm trying to get y'all <laughs> married up here in these dating streets. And so whenever I have a brother pull up, I say, you know what? I, I got to break bread with you through conversation and bring you on the podcast. So without further ado, welcome to Dear Future Wifey Podcast. My homies, the Matthews. How y'all doing? We're Great. good. Y'all good? good. Yes. yes. How are you? Yes. Are y'all nervous? Yes. Why? I'm nervous because this is the first time we've ever done anything like this. Um, so just just thinking about, I guess, the people that are going to view it and the amount of people that are going to view it and see us is is nerve wracking. <laughs> nerve wracking. <laughs> so why why are you here? What made you decide to brave uh, the nervousness and come on the Dear Future Wifey podcast? For, Greg, wants, but Greg, about to say ahead, something. Man. For me, I don't know if you understand the impact that this has on people. I think sometimes we're so accustomed to doing something that we we're so into it that we can't we can't zoom out and see it. And so for me, it's like the seriousness of how this impacts relationships, how does it impact how men see themselves, how men can see themselves in other men, and how powerful this is in helping men let down walls to become comfortable, to be able to say, Hey, I can trust again, I can love again. And so like my nervousness comes from wanting to represent it in a way that other men, families, relationships, women, young people, whoever, when they see it, they can see themselves, not see a person and connect with what God has for them and get past whatever hurt, whatever mistakes they've made, whatever failures they've made. So my nervousness comes to wanting to represent it in a way the way it can really impact me. Well, let me tell you something. You represented well on the live because through your candor, it made me say, I got I to gotta have y'all come here. Um, what do you remember saying on that live that resonated with me? What did you say? I think it was the Cosby thing when I said, like, the two men that represented my life was Bill Cosby and her daddy. Yeah. Joe Whitehead. So. <laughs> <laughs> What's your wife's name? Shaquilla Matthews. Shaquilla Matthews. And so what made you reference that as the the father figures or the examples that taught you masculinity or manhood? So, like, <laughs> watching the Cosby's going up, you always see Bill and how he represented how silly and engaging he was with the kids and how, like, diverse all the kids were. And, like, for me, the way we grew up in my household, I was like, okay, it was just a single mom. It was my mom, me and my brother. And so for me, it was like I knew at that moment I want to be married. I want to make sure I'm there for my kids. I want to have this type of love relationship, even though it's fictitious. I want to have this type of relationship. So as I grew older, started dating, I started realizing, hey, I need to make sure that whoever the young lady guy has for me or I'm a date, I need to watch how how her interaction is with her dad. Because that's gonna tell me a lot and how I'm gonna get treated. Yeah. And so, like, you know, you go to high school, you in high school, hormones raging. You know what I'm saying? And so you just like, okay, God, my hormones are raging, but how does this thing supposed to look? And uh, you may laugh, man, but my ninth grade year, I was like, how could I see it? My hormones were raging. They was talking. And so that summer, I was praying. I said, God, you got to send me my wife. I said, what is she? Yes. Hold on. Yes. 
You were how old? 16? No, I was maybe almost 15 at the time. I was almost And you said, God, you got to send me my wife. Because I'm 15 years old. Because I because knew, you was like, horny. Yes. Because you wanted something. That, the basics of it, right? You know what I mean? That's what right, drives that me, part. man, to really, let's be honest. Especially at that age, man, you don't. You trying to control that thing, yeah? And so um That's why it made sense that back in the biblical days they got married at younger ages sure like that. Exactly. Yeah, they got married. Hormones that. Kick in, yeah. You can't think straight. <laughs> you can't, you can't, you think can't straight. see straight, your eyes across. You're in a bad and so place. you said that something, you said, God, send me my wife. Yeah, I'm like, well, I need you to send me my wife. I need to know who my wife is. And I said, because God, I, I can't keep going through this. Right. Was you a Christian? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. In the sense of <laughs> how we all grew up, you know what I mean? And so um, going into my 10th grade year, went into that computer class, and this girl here was looking at me, because I knew her from my freshman year. I saw her. I saw her, but, like, I was like, "Eh." too many guys around her. You know what I mean? You was pulling like that, Shaquille? Mm, (laughs) Maybe a little bit. (laughs) Just a little something. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. A little bit. He's a lot of people. But I had to lock him down when I saw him. I was like, that's him right there. So you was checking for him too? I was checking for him. Really? When I saw him in that computer class, it's funny because I remember being in the hallway and I didn't say anything to him in the computer class, but I was in the hallway and I was walking with a, a friend then and I said, let me show you this guy. I'm going to get him. He's going to be my boyfriend. <laughs> said, I'm going to get him. We looked through the classroom door and I pointed directly at him. I was like, yes, that is him. Did you see her do that? No, clueless. <laughs> clueless. Because, go ahead. I was going to say, that that class, the computer class, we were in um, competition with each other trying to see who could type the fastest. <laughs> <laughs> he had a flashback. He's like, yeah, I remember. <laughs> yes. And then so, then, so then how did y'all connect? Who walked up to who and made the first move? So that's the thing that... <laughs> I know going to Bunny Trail, like in Atlanta, women are uh, aggressive in Atlanta. Not in a negative sense of like, I'm going to hit you over the head. With oh, so that's where y'all lived at the time. Out. Yeah, yes. yeah we're okay. from Atlanta, born and raised. And so like, she knew my cousin. So she wrote a note to my cousin and said, hey, give him this note. Let him know. So I'm sitting at lunch. It might have been two or three days later. My cousin like, hey, cuz. Like, what's up? What's up? Bro. <laughs> Bro. <laughs> Let me. I said, he said, hey, you know Kiki? I said, Kiki, who's Kiki? Shaquille, the girl in your class. I said, oh, yeah, yeah. He said, here, here you go. Read that and just holler at me later. And so when I read the note, I was like, what? <laughs> God, you heard my prayer. God, you, boy, you, know, you straighten your tongue a little bit. Like, yeah, I'm that dude, you know? But um, And then it just kind of took, it went from there. So, so Shaquille, what, what attracted you to Greg? Like, what made him stand out? It was high school, so I was just looking at the looks, and he was on the football team. Oh, he and played that, football, listen, okay. Yeah, he was, he was nice, you know, he presented himself well. He wasn't like a lot of the other guys in, in school with us, and you got to think, we grew up in inner city Atlanta, and the school that we went to was like, lean on me if you've ever seen oh, yeah, lean on me. Yeah. Yeah. So it was pretty much like that. Yeah. So that, that was my pickings. Yeah. So he was um he was he was that dude. Oh my god. So Greg. Yes, sir. So what was it about her? You know how like uh you ever seen the movie Love and Basketball? Oh yeah. She didn't play basketball, but like she had a way about her. Even though there was a lot of guys around her, she didn't carry herself in a manner that it was sexual. Right. If I can say it that way. It was just like she was very open, very approachable. 
she was like the tomboy girl. Like if you think yeah. about TLC and all that, yeah. how they carry tennis shoes, jeans. Yeah. That was her. She was like a tomboy. But she was cool with everybody. And she never was like disrespectful. But she was one of the pretty girls that people may be like, hey, man, she just a pretty girl. She ain't gonna do nothing. But she also dot your eye. So she catch you with a two-piece. You know what I mean? <laughs> she was one of them. You know how people try it. That's it. She catch you with a two-piece. So she had that about her, too. And so it was and you just found that a, sexy? I, yes. <laughs> I did. You don't want no, you know, you don't want nobody who you can push over. You know what I'm saying? And she wasn't having it. She wasn't having it. So at all. Not at all. And so, so she gave you the letter and then you was like, I'm that dude. And then what? So we started talking in class and then it just kind of started growing from there. Phone conversations, just keep talking up up on the phone. No, because her dad didn't play either. She had to get out of the phone at eight o'clock. <laughs> you called seven fifty nine. Joe Whitehead was at that phone with with his watch. You <laughs> were the only guy seconds. I could talk to. Amen. So uh, for real, <laughs> yes. Your dad approved of him that that early. Yes. Why? I have no idea. My dad approved of him so much till once we got into date and we was at the boys and girls club and stuff to get together. My dad would come to his events, his basketball really? games, his football. Yes. And then I remember we we from well I'm I lived in Mechanicsville. We were walking down the street, and my dad owned two houses on the street. And I remember him telling him that the other house was gonna be his first house that he gives to us when we got married. When we got married. When we, when we yes, married. and I'm I'm like married. Yeah, this is at sixteen. Yes, sixteen. You said that to me. Sixteen years old. I asked you. If this was a Lifetime movie, what would be the name of your love story? And what did you say, Greg? My Forever Love. My Forever Love. Today's episode is titled My Forever Love. So, Greg. Yes. Did she tell you that her father said that that young? No. So, this is the thing. We were walking. Mm -hmm. And, like, I noticed, and it's vivid to me. We were walking down the street in McKinneville. And then she faded back <laughs> to the rear. <laughs> And then we him walking, we got close. And I'm like, so he was talking. And then he was like, hey, Greg, you see that house right there? I said, yes, sir. He's like, you know, when you and Key get married, that's going to be the house I'm going to get y'all. And I was stunned because I'm looking for her to jump in and say something because it caught me way off guard. I can imagine. It did. And it was because of how I was raised in a lot of ways. Like, I look at it now as an older man, that was healthy. That was that was generational. That was yes. legacy. Yes. Right. That was lineage. That was putting my kid in the right place to uh be productive and successful in life. But because I didn't have any voices around me to reinforce what I know now, you just up to your own thoughts. And you don't want to say it to nobody because then they start taking it like, oh, that man just trying to marry you all. He's trying to get my son to marry his daughter because of this, that. And the, you know, because they come oh, from an athlete. unhealthy place. Yeah. yeah. They just trying to get my son to marry his daughter. Blah, blah, blah. And so, like, I didn't have a solid source to share that information with and glean from. So I didn't. I was left to my own thoughts, which ain't always a good place. So you, you looked at it from a negative perspective? Just a scared perspective. Okay. Because I'm like, I ain't ready to get married. <laughs> I'm broke. But even I'm though, no, hold on, now you done prayed the prayer right. to the Lord. You done right. forgot what you prayed. Yes. You said that the summer. Nick yeah. God brings that thing like only he can. And you like, hold on now, God, I ain't ready for this. I ain't ready for this. I ain't ready. Ain't that crazy? Isn't that just like us Broke's Israelites? Like, yes. I'm Absolutely. Telling. You get what you pray for, and then you start getting scared. 
because you you want to control it really is what it is. You want to yeah. control how God give it to you. And God like, nah, okay, I'm going to give it to you. That's how it's going to look. So then y'all dated. How long did y'all date before y'all broke part. up? This is part. Oh. I'm going to take this part. Listen. Listen. Yeah, this this is my part right here. Can you I can, step out? You <laughs> no, I'm going to sit right here. Yes, you're going to sit right here and take this. Yes, you're going to take this. the whole day. And this. Jesus. Oh, my God. So what had happened was. What had happened was, when a black woman starts off and say what had happened was, oh, it's going to get real interesting. So go ahead, Kiki. So we dated for a full year and a half, right? Always together, everywhere together. And I get this phone call that said, did you call my house and tell my mama that you was pregnant? I said, no. <laughs> Why would I call your house and say that I was pregnant and I'm not pregnant? Like, I don't play those type of games. Think you called the wrong person. Is <laughs> exactly. So he, being the young 16-year-old male that he was, he believed it. He he believed it. That you called. That I that I was the one that called and got his mom up in a fuss, my mother in love who I love so dearly, but got her up in a fuss saying that I was pregnant. And I did not. So he thought that I was lying. And and I had to come to realization that, okay, that him being told that by his mom, okay, that's believable. That's his, that's his mom. <laughs> but on the other hand, I'm like, listen, I ain't called y'all. You better go check one of these other little females around here that's wanting to be with you because it wasn't me. And so we broke up. Yeah, close your eyes, man. Um, yes, ma'am. <laughs> we broke up in um, the summer of my our senior year. I end up changing schools. Well, he can't just bypass this now. Yeah. Now, who is this woman that called, uh, Greg? Yeah, so, Greg. This is the heartbreak. I left that part to you. Yes, I know you did. You're so wrong <laughs> and petty. She gave you a little alley -oop right well, over there. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, nobody called. Nobody called? No. Well, what happened? You want me to say it? I don't say it. You want me so, to say it? All right. So someone was trying to figure out what was going on. Why is this young lady so into my son? Why is this, Why are they so connected? Why are they so on in, engaged with each other in this manner, right? Why are they so strong? So it was in the, in the flesh, you think, they must be doing it. So that was told to me to see my reaction to see if I was doing something I probably wasn't supposed to be doing. Really? Mm -hmm. Really? So, so your, your your mom said that? Yes, I love my mom, dearly. <laughs> no one say anything to my mom. Mom is an awesome woman. Yes, she is. Please don't come for my mom. Please don't. <laughs> don't, don't do, do it. They gonna come for your mom. Don't, don't do come it. for my mom. So your mama called, told you that just to see the reaction, to, to see, see if you say. See if I was having sex. Was it? We were. <laughs> <laughs> mama, now you found was, out they was, was goosing, his, mama. They I was, was his goosing. first. Yes. That's my last. 
First and last. Last and my everything. Yes. That should be the name of the episode. <laughs> First, last, and everything. Exactly. <laughs> yes, yes, baby. So, Greg, yeah. you're saying it's the only woman you've had sex with in your entire life? No, it's not. Okay. It's not. It's so, not. so, so then y'all got y'all broke up, and then what happened? She went to another school, a whole different school. And he started mm. dating this little basketball chick. Hey. Duh. Duh. That's what happened. <laughs> he thought they basketball team. So then, what is this? Is this y'all junior year or senior year at this point? This was our senior year. Senior year at this point. And so you went to a whole nother school. Yeah. Did y'all lose contact during that during that time, or did y'all keep in contact? We didn't lose contact, but we didn't talk. Okay. We still had each other's information, but we didn't talk. Um, I started dating other people. He started dating other people. We would check in with each other here and there. So y'all broke up because of him calling you, mm-hmm. accusing you of calling his mama saying you pregnant. Mm-hmm. Yes. And you said, you looked at it as, well, it must be some other chick you've been messing around with in order yes. for you to be making a phone call like this anyway, because it wasn't me. Yes. So y'all broke up totally over misunderstanding. Yes. Over a lie. Over a lie. Yeah, over a lie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then... So then you're dating somebody, and then what happened? What happened through this trajectory? What what happened? How did y'all reconnect, and how long did it take for y'all to converse again? Man, listen. Um, so, of course, I dated someone else, but it wasn't, like, to this level. It was nothing like that. It was all platonic. It wasn't going anywhere, right? It's kind of like you start trying to connect the dots on things that you think you want. You want somebody who's athletic. You want somebody who plays sports. You want somebody who do this, that, and the third. So you start living a freaking fantasy instead of, you know, honoring what it is that you trust the God for. So for me, it was a period of that, but it was always her. She was always the measuring stick from the point of mom and dad was in in her life. Dad was very involved. Mom was involved. She had a huge family. Like she got more relatives than probably (laughs) Abraham. Right. And I'm not lying. On the mama's side and the daddy's side, they got Abraham beat. Like she, she unless they family in Abraham's bloodline, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, we know the man, Abraham. I'm, I'm telling you, oh, and, and it's 85 percent female. Oh wow, 80, That's a lot of them. 85 percent female, fellas. So yeah, dudes, if you're looking for a woman, go to their family union. But, go to their family. Hey, they don't they don't play. They about their business. Y'all so better come correct come and be ready. Gonna... Well, let me ask you this, Shaquilla. Yeah. What did your dad say when y'all broke up? Did he know why? My dad did not know why. He's gonna know um, now. Yeah, he'll he'll know now. He'll know now. But no, he did not know why. Um I don't really remember what my dad said, but I remember my mom. mom. <laughs> mama was very vocal. And she told, what she tell you, babe? We don't go backwards. We don't go backwards. We don't go back. Once we go forward, we don't go back. I was like, dang. Are oh, you talking when you came back around? Well, like, because we would still see each other. Oh, so, okay. like, we was in Wendy's when Wendy's was good. Said, we we was go in backwards. Wendy's when they had, you know, mm-hmm. four days died. Four days died. You know, yeah. They died with these things. So, uh, <laughs> so we was at Wendy's. I walked Wendy's, in. Wendy's, if you still like to uh, sponsor my podcast, just know that I do not. Uh, he does not support, have that same viewpoint. Support what my brother Greg said. The, uh, <laughs> so um, we was at Wendy's. Walked in, and I locked eyes with her mom. I was like, "Oh boy," and she was like, "Hello." I was like, yes, ma'am, how are you? I'm good. What are you doing here? I said, well, getting something to eat. Mm, okay. And then she turned her head and 
I was like, let me get out of here. I said, because she ready to kill me. Dad was very pleasant. So Greg speaking to this day, he's an amazing man. And so we talked, and then I got out of that situation as far as getting from around, because I felt. But your mom mom didn't know why y'all broke up either. But she knew she was hurt. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing that resonated with me, how I hurt her. Like, she was devastated. I mean, I imagine so. She because she's believing that you, and in about nine months, it's going to be a baby pop up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that part. That's the part. That's the trauma. Is like my boyfriend got somebody else pregnant. Mm-hmm. That's 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 her reality up until, like, when did that? At what point did y'all have a conversation that we don't? You don't have a kid on the way. It never came to that because she knew. I didn't. I ain't got nobody pregnant because it was just her. Nah, right? she broke up with you. She, no, no I broke up he with broke her. Up with me. I was the one who broke <laughs> yes, up. Yes, he that broke part, up. With that's me. why it devastated because I, I don't want to sever the tie. Oh, and she never got a, a justification as to why because oh. she knew she didn't make yeah. that call. Mm-hmm. And so it's like you taking the word of somebody and you won't even you don't trust me. Oh wow! And right. then you're gonna break up with me. So it just left her sh- stuck. Yeah, and in a real hurt place. And then I heard her, man. I, I know I heard her, man. I heard her bad, bro. And man. then so how long did it take for y'all to have a conversation, air everything out, and try love again? It took years. Um, he went off to college. Um, I, I dabbled in college a little bit, and then I just started working. And, of course, dating other people. Um, he was dating other people. And then I would go, even at college, he he played football in college. And I went to his games. You know, I was a little chilly to steal, but we never, we never hooked back up in a sense. So you're, y'all, um, y'all still friends? We we remained friends. Yeah, we came, absolutely. you know, we remained friends. It still hadn't, the air still hadn't been cleared. Did but y'all we, go to the same college? No. Okay. No. I went to another state. I had to get out of Georgia. And you yeah. went to go support him? I did. Mom, in another state? his mom. My mama mm-hmm. picked up and brought her to the game. Mm-hmm. Really? Yes. We we were friends. Like, and when he would come in town, he would come and see me. I we went to, I went to his uncle's wedding with him. Oh, we yeah. were not dating. Yeah. Like we would show up at the high school reunions together. We were not dating. We were friends. We never interfered with each other's other relationships, but we were friends. Like he had become, how can I say it? In college, he Super save? Yeah, he was super save. Super like save. Su- super, super, super. Okay. And so <laughs> full armor. Full, full armor. armor flying yes. around there. <laughs> when he did <laughs> when he did come she back. Said, how do I say this? Yeah. Right. I'm I like, how do I is. say this? Super save. When he did come back around, I remember standing outside. He came to see me. I remember yeah. standing outside talking to him. And at that point, he expressed his interest in dating again. But me, I was living my what I thought was my best living life then, and I was like, "Listen, I'm I'm seeing him, and you and know, him and him. yeah, and him and him." And um, they was you know keeping a girl for what was what we thought was being kept back then. So yeah. I was cool, and I told him, I said, "Listen, I'm not about to be nobody's first lady." You done made the man a preacher. I done made him a preacher. He was he was super saved, okay? And I was like, I am not about to be about his first lady. I could just see the distraught in his eyes and his face when I made that statement. It hurt your feelings, Greg? It did. It did. Did you see yourself? Did you feel like God was calling you to ministry? Honestly, I just wanted to be served. I knew I wanted to serve God. 
whether that was in ministry, whether that was in the community, whether that was taking out trash cans. I didn't care, man. I just want to make sure that I felt God's presence. I was close to him and whatever I was doing, I felt him leading me in my life. So whether that was in a pulpit, whether that was outside the church, whether, wherever that was, wherever you at God, that's where I want to be. So that's, that's. So it. when she said what she said to you, how did you feel? It hurt for a second because, but I understood it because the part of the story that she's not also mentioning <laughs> is like, because like I had such a, an, a, an attachment to her. And at first I thought it was a soul tie. I went through deliverance prayers. I went through the declarations. <laughs> I'm being 100 with you, like, cause I want to make sure my heart is pure. Like, Good. I don't want, I don't want to, I don't want to experience the hurt, and I don't want to cause that hurt to yeah. her or anyone else like that ever again. And so for me, whenever I was with her, like that was such a strong draw, and I knew in my head all I can equate it to was sexual. Yeah, because it wasn't like I was trying to tackle it. And, yeah, hey, I'm gonna take this. No, it wasn't. Like, <laughs> it wasn't on that level. But it was more like, man, I love this woman. Like, yeah. I want to be in this woman's presence. I want to cater to this woman. I want to make sure she's good and whatever she needs, I want to give it to this woman. And it was like, how can you do all of that and have them emotions and not make sure you complete that connection? And so for me, it was like, hey, I love you. I want to be with you. I want to be in a relationship with you. But give me some time. Just give me a moment. Because I was scared to be alone with her. I was scared to spend. And it ain't even... It's like I'm dismissing her own strength. Yeah. And I'm looking at me, you know what yeah. I mean? Because I'm going to figure out a way to try to whatever. And so I was trying to, like, give me, let me see if I can get stronger is what I was saying. So I can come back to you and have control of my emotions, my 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 desire for you, right? I want to be able to control that desire for you. So I want to be with you. I want to be in a relationship. Because I had just came back from a mission trip from Africa. That's what she mm -hmm. did say. And so now I was like, give me some time, baby. Let me get my emotions together so I can date you. Because, like, I came to her house. She was on the porch talking. Man, that was the quickest conversation. Because men, I looked in her eyes and started talking to her. All these emotions started. Because I hadn't dated nobody at that point. I hadn't been sexually intimate with nobody for about eight, seven years at that point. Seven, eight years at that point. Well, dang, how old are you at this point? 20, 25, 26? No. So it was two times. Okay. At that point, it was three, four years. So I how old were you? Let's go by age. 20, I want to say 22, 22 oh the first time. So right after college? Yeah, like a year after college. Oh, now I was no. going into my senior year. Yeah. Senior year. It was my senior year, so I was about 21. Yeah, 21. 21 the I, and it had been yeah. like three or four years at that point. So and I so that conversation she talking about where she said, I can't be married to a preacher, what was that, the first time or the second time? That was that one. That was because I just came the back. The 21. Mm-hmm. And then you said, uh, if you give me some time, I can be the man you need. But there's a lot of lust inside of me. <laughs> We've known each other since our teenage years. I don't mean to hurt you, yes. but I got to leave before I cheat. Because when you love someone, you just don't treat them bad. That's oh, how right. I feel so bad. Yes, feel so bad. Now sad. that I want to leave. She's crying her heart to me. Why can't we let this be? I just need time to Yes, where I want to be. So that's what you said to her. And so, uh, and so she it. said, so you said that to her. And then in your mind, the time that you were looking for was what? To get strong in the Lord to, so that you could overcome sexual temptation? Well, it wasn't. Man, I think I just want to get to the point where I can, I can get, I can marry her. We can move into a place and we could be solid. Okay. Instead of like, you know, you come out of college, you don't know. 
But here's another attachment. I had a brother with me that I thought was my brother in the Lord. We sat at the table. We was at Red Lobster. That's when Red Lobster was mm-hmm. popping. Red, Red Lobster was popping. That's when Red Lobster was popping. Candler Road. But yeah, but them biscuits still, them biscuits still hitting. Yeah. So, and I remember sitting at the table, and this was my brother, and um, she leaned on my shoulder. Red Lobster, if you ever like to sponsor the podcast, <laughs> uh, feel free to uh, um, send me an email. We would love to have your sponsorship. Yes. With Amen. the cheddar biscuits. And the yes, cheddar biscuits. The Amen. Amen. Let the Lord use you. <laughs> right, go ahead. And, uh, so she leaned on my shoulder, and I was like, okay, God. And then she leaned on my shoulder, and she wrapped around my arm, and my, my, my biological brother was sitting here, and then my spiritual brother was sitting there. He looked at me, hey, you need to handle that. You need to handle that. You need to be careful. I said, the spirit of lust. I'm like, okay, bro, whatever. And so I kind of, because we had been walking walking together, I took that to heart, to consideration. And so when we was on that porch talking, I heard that voice again. And so I was like, okay. I said, okay, God, I want to do this the right way. And the right way is I don't want to approach in a sexual manner. I said, okay, God. And so I said, baby, give me time. I want to be with you. But just give me a moment to get through this. What did you hear? Hold on. What did you hear in that moment? That I didn't want. I don't want to be with you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. All right. And then what? So you said, give me some time. And then, um, how much time did it take for you to come back around, carrying the full arm of God and saying, "I can now take upon you to be my bride and cover so, you and protect you." This is funny. We kept. Mm-hmm. We stayed in touch. I would check on. Sure, shaking uh, <laughs> Whenever I came home, somebody had blessed me with a car. I came home, and then uh, at this point, she had a. Uh, she called me one day. We was talking. And I called no, you. No, you called me. We she said, talking. let's be clear. You called me. Yeah. Yeah. And we were talking. And I was like, what's wrong? She said, well, I got something to tell you. And I said, I'm sitting here with my fiance. Oh, God. Oh, it hurt me. <laughs> oh, I'm wounded. Oh, I'm dead. Man down. Man down. Oh, God. Yep. Ooh, that hurt. Yep. Ooh, Greg. He still, he traumatized me. <laughs> So I, I called her. She the first time. Okay, right back in five. I'm gonna come right back in five minutes. She hung up. Okay. So I called back five minutes later. Hey, what's up? And then I'm sitting here with my fiance. Who? <laughs> my fiance. He said, either your, I got a body your, double or right. your what? Exactly. <laughs> your what? My fiance. Oh, okay. All right. And then she hung up. How so, long? So how long? Now, how, what age were you at that, po- that point? Man, 21 that, was when you had the conversation. Give me some time. Let me see. Jaden was, was born in 23. 22. So the next I year. 22. I am yeah. four months older than him. I'm surprised he ain't told y'all yet because he oh, claimed yeah. I, he got, he got I robbed one. the cradle. Yeah, yeah, yeah I came and got him yeah, out, up, out the cradle. She, she picked me right up. Like, I want that one right there. I like the way that diaper hangs. Hey, right there. She mine. pointed at you in the computer class. Yeah, that That's the baby I want. <laughs> <laughs> and so a year later, you got engaged? I was engaged. Oh, Greg, I feel your pain. And then what and, happened? And pregnant. Oh, it's double pain. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jesus. Wounded. He's still mad. Greg, you got to let this go, Greg. You got it. You I won. Do. You won, Greg. She hurt. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like I, I couldn't be mad at her, though, because I hurt her. I still, I know I hurt her in high school. Well, it's not even so much about her. You, you're not choosing her. It's that like, because you had all the opportunity yep. to get her if you want her. 
the hurt she she's she's past the hurt at this point because she's allowed you she's supporting you again mm -hmm. she's going to your games she's been present she has this great bond with your mom you know what i'm saying so they they kicked this she's a part of the family and mm -hmm. you still saying ah, i'm gonna curve you a little bit just give me a little time so she's like you know what this man don't want me Mm -hmm. And when somebody else said, will you, which was a question, and she responded, yes, then he chose her. Exactly. And then what happened with, with said fiance? Look, he, he's smiling What's now. Tap <laughs> my toes. Well, with that said fiance, um, we got married, and I am a new published author, right? <laughs> The beautiful brokenness. <laughs> so most of the story is in that book. But with said fiance, we got married. Um, we moved down to South Georgia and we stayed married for a while. Um, me and Greg didn't talk again for years. We didn't talk again for years. Um, that relationship Okay. And going through that, it Greg, Greg, really... Greg, talking, now talk. Let's yeah, talk, yeah. Man. I'm trying to figure out the best way to put it. It really showed me who I was. Um, I lost... I, I'll say it like this. I lost who I was in that relationship. And not to say that he was a bad guy, because he wasn't a bad guy. His father, my kids, wasn't a bad guy. But that relationship I dealt with infidelity i dealt with all types of trauma i dealt with all types of women calling and telling me all kind of stories but with that the day before we got married my aunt came to me and she said are you sure this is what you want to do your aunt my aunt she said you can call this off right what did now. she see at that time for her to say that well i had gotten news I had got received some news that uh, <laughs> said person um, was cheating the night before, um, before we got married. And with one of my best friend's husband at the time, they, they were together cheating. And um, also some information. You said with one of my best friend's husband at the time. Yes. Her, so my best friend was married at the time as well. Her husband... And my then husband was cheating became with, friends, and they were out cheating. cheating with, oh, okay, together because that sounded a little different. Yeah, when you not said that. not the two. Yeah, men you together, said my no. best they friend were, husband. Yeah, let me husband. let me clarify that. No, no, the same dad ate you. No, to each his own, but yeah, not that. So, um, and I had also received information. Greg, what made you put your hand on her when she was telling this tough part of the story? I wanted to feel supported, though. She ain't alone in what she meant through. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, it ain't all on her. Mm -hmm. You know, we we gonna get through it together, whatever it is. So you you feel as I wanna I wanna take a pause right here in this this beautiful moment, is that you feel we're gonna get through this together. This is a past marriage. Why do you feel like you have to get through this together with her if that's in the past? Because it's ongoing. It's never in the past. Our mistakes stay with us. Our decisions stay with us. And so whenever. We make a decision and, uh, and we're going through something. The worst place to be in is to try to figure something out when you feel alone, trying to figure something out. Good. You can be saved. You can have God in your life. You can be super saved, right? But you still need that connection. Yes. And so for me, I know I always remember, and I bear witness with the hurt I caused her in high school. 
And so for me, I never want her to feel the loneliness that I put on her in high school. Mm. And so whenever she's going through something, whatever it is, I said, baby, now you can tell me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then no place you've been through, ain't no obstacle you Whatever decision you made is our decision. Yes. And we gonna and we gonna figure this out. Craig, you gotta say that again. You said whatever decision you made, we made this decision together. We made this decision. That's our decision. And we're gonna get through it. <laughs> whatever it looked like. So, so. Yeah, I'm so appreciative of that. Um grab grab that. Whatever decision you made, we made that decision. Yeah. Wow. Even when it relates to a marriage that she had before you, we made that decision, Greg? We made that decision. That's our decision. Okay. Kiki, continue. (laughs) (laughs) So, um... How long was that marriage? That marriage, five years. It was five years. That marriage was five years. In coming out of that marriage. Did you file for divorce? I filed for divorce. And I filed for divorce. When when I filed for divorce, he was in another country. Um, Both of us are military. He was in another country. And... He had um, another female that he was already messing with. But prior to that, I had been receiving phone calls and all that stuff at at the house. And I received this one phone call. And the young lady, when I answered the phone, she asked to speak to him. And I went and woke him up. She didn't say anything to me. But I could tell out of his reaction and how he woke up, I knew what it was. And after he got off the phone with her, he came to me and said, I don't want a family anymore. I don't want, I don't want a wife and I don't want kids. I still want to chase skirts. Those were the exact words that he stated to me. Now, our daughter at the time, so my son was two years old. Our daughter was two weeks old when I got that call. And I had to call my parents because it was still so fresh. I had a cesarean. I still couldn't drive yet. I had to call my parents to come down and to move me and the kids from South Georgia back to Atlanta. Oh, a couple of weeks went back and I'm just feeling like, okay, nobody's going to want me. You know, I have two kids now. Um, I'm just really devaluing myself. I felt like crap. Like I didn't want to do anything. My aunt would try to snap me out of it. The same aunt that asked me if I was sure that that's what I wanted to do. And I went on with it because I was trying to save face. And because I had spent so much money for a wedding and now people were due to show up the next day, I felt I didn't want to disappoint anybody else. So I went on. So I ended up uh, moving back. He had called. We had a conversation. I ended up going back. But the cheating and stuff never stopped. 
And at that point, I had never cheated on anybody. But I said, okay, you want to keep doing this to me? I'm going to show you I can do it better. Yep. And that's when I became a cheater. And then um, how did you feel the first time you cheated? I felt horrible. I felt horrible. I felt like it was so bad. I I had to take my wedding ring off. I took it off. I just, I felt like I had turned into somebody else. Yep. I didn't feel like myself anymore. And I wasn't myself. I I honestly was not myself anymore. And then how long did that go on before you just said, I just got to get divorced. I'm tired of playing this game. So when he left to go out of the country. And y'all um, both still in the military at this both time? Both still in the military. Uh, what branch of the military? Air was? Force. Okay. Uh, and I'm still serving now. Um, Thank you so much for your you're service. Welcome. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Um, I found out he was, I saw pictures. I think, I think, Excuse me, I think MySpace or something was out then. Mm. I saw pictures. Too bad blast from the past. Oh, yeah, yeah, MySpace. yeah, yeah. God dog. I saw pictures and stuff, and I found out about the, uh, yet another female. Now, mind you, it had been several other ones, but I found out. So I, I said, okay. So at this point, enough. did he ever just say that? Because he said, I don't want to be married, and I, I want to, I want to chase skirts. Mm -hmm. When y'all got back together, did he say, I'm going to stop cheating? Or did y'all just get back together and never address that comment? No, he said that he would stop cheating. He wanted to be married. Um, he apologized. He, want, he said he wanted his family. All of those things. And that was 2004. Yeah. That was 2004, because that's when my uh, when our daughter was born. And then I didn't end up filing for a divorce until 2007. Okay, so three years. Mm -hmm. So yeah. three years went by, still the same drama, even more drama. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, what would you do if you had an extra hour in your day? Would you take up a new hobby, catch up on some sleep, complete reading the book you've never had time to finish, but always promised that you would? Did you know the best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is by knowing what's important to you and making it a priority? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I couldn't have become the person I am today without therapy, to be honest with you. My vulnerability and transparency were cultivated in therapy and it served as a foundation in which the beloved Dear Future Wifey podcast was built. Now, as you know, relationships of all kinds are important to me. Therapy helps with learning positive coping skills, managing expectations of myself and others, and most importantly, establishing healthy boundaries. Oh boy, life is stressful, ain't it? Now, therapy is a safe space to recalibrate and recenter. Now, can I be transparent with you? Since the inception of this podcast, I've always wanted to do this right here for better help. Why? Because so many of you reach out to me seeking referrals for therapy services after each episode. My heart has been overwhelmed by the outpouring of you desiring help to show up better in life. And guess what? I believe the world is a better place with better help. It's entirely online, too. Designed to fit your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash wifey today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash wifey. 
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So y'all was together for two years. He was still cheating. Mm -hmm. Then he said, I want a divorce. Uh, Around the two-year mark, during the two-year mark, y'all separate, come back together. It's been another three years. Now you've adopted the same ideology uh, of uh, adultery mm-hmm. and then said, hey, I'm going to play this game too. Yeah. And then did you do that all the way up until y'all got a divorce or did you just do that for two years out of the three or did you just, like, what What? what did that look like for you? It didn't start right away. Um, I think it started when I kept dealing with it and I kept finding out about things and I would ask him and he would lie even though I wouldn't know the truth. Yeah. Um, also, I'm trying to think at what point did it start. I want to say it was after he blamed me for cheating. Oh, really? Yes, because one day he said it was, I want to say it was around Valentine's Day or something. And he said he was going to the movies. And I said, okay, like you're not going to take me to the That's movies. About to say. Like you're just going to the movies by yourself. He said him and one of his boys from the military, they was going to the movies. No, women, ain't no dude going to the movies with another dude. They just not finna be like, hey, hey, you want to go to catch a movie? Right, that part. That type of dude. That part. But I was so trusting still (laughs) and so naive. Yeah, I said, okay. But he didn't end up going to the movies. He had movie passes. But when he came back, those movie passes were still in his pocket and they fell out of his pocket. I asked him about it. You know, he made up his story or whatever. It's like me saying, Greg, you want to go see the color purple tomorrow? You know right. What I'm saying, Greg, we're going to dress up in purple. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be cool. You know what I'm saying? We're going to go check it out. You know what I'm saying, Greg? No. Pass. Yeah, my husband like, Pass. not at all. Uh-uh. Aquaman got me. Color purple. We're going to go see color purple. Terrible. And so the passes fell out of his pocket. So he, yes. he, he had saw the movie. With somebody, right? Or is that with somebody? Yeah. But he lied and said he didn't go to the movie. Okay. So anyhow, he in some so I wanna say some I was in his jacket or doing something and I wasn't looking for anything. His I saw some condoms. And I was like, Well, we married, we ain't using no condoms. What are these condoms for? So I left him sitting out. <laughs> and I asked him about him when he got home. And this joker gonna tell my me, homeboy. yeah, he found them in my purse. Boy, play, come on now, come on. Rihanna, we can hear you over there. <laughs> Rihanna, we can hear, Rihanna, we can hear your deep sound yeah. over there. Yeah, Rihanna. you found them in my purse. Yeah, <laughs> Riri, I'm Rihanna, telling you, a mess. Girl, yeah, a Rihanna mess. said, oh, okay. this, this is some crazy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So at that point, you know, and a host of other things, I was like, that's it. Yeah, that I was getting ready to say, I found out one more thing, but that was right after I divorced. That was it. I was done. And then I wasn't getting support from him. I was paying everything. I was taking care. I wasn't getting support. So I moved back up to Atlanta. This was right after, I want to say Katrina. I moved back up to to Atlanta, uh, found me and my kids somewhere to stay, and 
I filed for divorce and that was it. But as I was getting divorced, <laughs> she done spun the block. Somebody was getting married. Oh, wow. Oh, God. This is taking another turn. Oh, Lord Jesus. What year was that? Yeah. That Am I am I too early? Oh four that was that was oh seven. So I divorced way, in oh seven. Our stories are so similar. That's the part. Yeah, that's crazy. The stuff wow. that we went through is almost is identical. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. I promise you. So I got married. I got married in oh five, maybe. I don't remember. We weren't talking. So like when I we weren't communicating. Yeah. Like after what happened and uh, my super saved moment. Yeah. Like we weren't communicating yeah. for years. We were then. I may send a. I may have tried to call us in a text, maybe. But like when I got like really into the mode of like working in ministry and doing stuff, like I didn't reach back out because I didn't want to have no. I didn't want to cause any confusion. Yeah. Right. And so then I ended up also like God. I, I was written to a place where I was wanting to get married. I was like I wasn't dating nobody. I hadn't been messing around. You know, it was just me. And at that point, it had been probably about six, about five or six years mm -hmm. that I hadn't. You know what I mean? No business was going on. And so um, I got married. Um, and when I got married, I went through, well, she, same thing she went through. And again, this ain't, because we have children. We have two, yeah. two beautiful mm -hmm. children. Yeah, this ain't throwing shade. Of course, it's nobody. true. Yeah. I don't mean her no harm. I have no We live in transparency. We keep yeah, it lit. Yeah. But I just want to put that right. out there because I don't want to be in court. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll go back to court. So, um, that's the worst place to be in as a man to go in the freaking courtroom. Listen, man, I, I feel your hurt <laughs> to go in the freaking courtroom knowing that you've done what you were supposed to do as a man, taking yeah. care of your children, and somebody drags you in the court and you made to feel like less than a man, like a piece of crap. Yeah, like you ain't doing your responsibility. You got people telling you what you, yeah. man, that was traumatic. Yeah, so I had a traumatic experience going through that, but anyway, I got married, I had to get married. And so I got married, <laughs> and then we went through, went through. I went through the same thing she went. Who cheated first? No, but she did. Okay, she did. And like, um, you know, you feel like you're doing everything you're supposed to do as a man, but I never, you know, I didn't go go back out and cheat because I would, I would have, I would have raped me. Like what she felt, I know I would have felt that. But like it was like, man, I can't believe I'm going through a divorce. I can't believe cheating on me. Like even this. The most heartbreaking part for me was when I found out she cheated, it was like I had a dream. Like I literally saw in the dream her crying in the bathroom. Wow. And not, I saw my wife at the time, I saw her, I had a dream of her crying in the bathroom. And so I kind of dismissed it, like what the heck was that? And then when I found out about it and confronted her, she denied it. Ain't nobody cheating, boy, you tripping. And so, but then when I found out it was for real that she actually had. How'd you find out? Man, was that? It was one night. I was woke. I was waking up about two in the morning, and like, and then, you know, I, I I don't go through phones. For what? Why are we in a relationship? Like, I gotta yep. go through your phone. And so, but this time I went through the phone. I said, man, this something ain't right. <laughs> I don't go through the phone. So I, but this time, man, right this, different. I opened up a phone. I went to looking through exception. it. I started seeing them pics in front of the window with no clothes on of him. Right, you start seeing another man's business. Yeah, and then you start seeing the emojis going back and forth. Yep, and then you start seeing the uh, credit card payments for, you know what I mean? Yeah. What him and her was doing. And so when I confronted about it, her first reaction was, "What you going through my phone for?" What? 
I'm not going to address what what you saw on my phone, but the yeah. point is you violated yeah. my, my privacy yeah. by, right. by going, going through my, my phone. phone. <laughs> but even in that, even in that, I was like, hey, let's work through this. I really? What made you What made you take that heart posture? Because I got married. We got married. See, and hold on, but they say men can't deal with that. They say that men, women are more likely to forgive a man for cheating on them, but there's no way men cannot take what other men dish out. So how in the world... Uh, you'll have this manosphere community will call you a simp at this point. You a simp. You a you a simp. You sit, you you taking this woman back after she cheated on you. You done saw these pictures of this other man body parts and and your woman sending emojis back and they getting hotel room all this type of stuff and you gonna take her back? She done lied to you. Can't even admit it. Absolutely. Why? Because like for me, it's the I made a commitment one to be married, right? And then part of it too is like okay, stuff happened. Maybe I did something I wasn't supposed to do. Cause you know you always blame yourself first, but maybe I did mm-hmm. something. I maybe I'm not where I need to be, so I need to figure this out. So if this don't work out, I don't repeat this, right? And so I want to know. So man, I remember the moment where I broke down. I was on my hands and knees, and man, I remember this moment. This is when I felt my lowest in my life. I was on my hands and knees in front of this woman, begging her on my hands and knees. Cause for one, I didn't want my children to grow up in a broken home. I didn't want them to experience. I didn't want my children to experience. That, that parents going through a divorce. So I'm like, I'm begging her, let's stay together for the sake of these children. You can stay in your head for the hour, whatever. Let's get these children to a healthy place. I'm begging this woman on my hands and knees. And with all the strength she could muster, she looked at me and she was like, I don't want to be married. I'm done. And so, and that broke me. And it hurt me even more when I found out that she was medicated. She took legal medication so she didn't feel what I was feeling. Because she could, and she knew what the hurt that I was feeling, but she went and got medicated to where she didn't, couldn't identify with those feelings, so she could make the decision she needed to make. Then she took medication for that. Yeah, how'd she, you find that out? Because I saw the prescription, and then we had a conversation, and she mentioned that to me, and so and I was hurt even more. I'm like, so you feel the hurt that you caused So instead of going through the hurt. You were the self medicated one. She numbed me. herself. So, but while I'm over here in, in a puddle of tears and, and all this pain. And so I was like, man, I can't believe this. So it took about a year of processing to get through that until then I moved back home to Atlanta because man, I had just got a promotion at work. I had, was making more money. I had moved out, got my own spot, you know, had a spot for the kids. They had their own room. So I was like in a good place, but man, I couldn't, mentally, I was done. Like, I would be standing in the corner and just start crying. Yeah. I work at a computer, just break oh, down. Oh, I've been there. Like, before. I was destroyed. Oh, I've been there. Like, ready to cry. Like, we used to have a conversation, yeah, break down crying. tears. Yep. I was done. Like, I can't even. A woman was flirting with me. Her friends, her friends who found out that she didn't want to be with me no more, coming at me left and right. Mm-hmm. A list of them coming at me. Yep. I was like, so if I'm been this there. piece of crap, why are your friends? Yep. They know. Yep. <laughs> so they let you. Go and do your foolishness. Greg, if you look at my office where I edit my videos, on the wall it says, let your character outlive their lie. Mm. God gave me that quote in 2018 after, after um, coming through this very, ah, oh, it was just diabolical uh, situation with this woman I dated. And the pain of that is what led to me producing this podcast. But I was in that same situation that you were in. And I, I kept saying, God, this is, 
this pain is crazy. I ain't never experienced nothing like this. Yeah. And I said, and then she lied about me behind my back. She yeah. said, like, why would she yeah. do me wrong and yeah. then lie? Yeah. And um, God says, let your character outlive their lie. And I said, God, that take too long. It take yeah. too long for right. people to see your character. Yeah. That can take yeah. that can take a long time. Exactly. Yes. And when I tell you, as sure as I am black, <laughs> I watch God literally create this platform called the Dear Future Wifey Podcast. And now that person has to witness the blessing of the Lord. Mm -hmm. uh, one of my friends told me, uh, I have a friend named Renee. She told me, she said, God told me, call me one day out the blue. Uh, no, she texted me and she said, um, First, she was just sending these prophetic messages to me. And then one day she called me. She said, listen, God, she didn't even know who I was dealing with. She said, God said, whoever you're dealing with, he's never going to bless you on the level he wants to bless you as long as she, that person's in your life. Ooh. And I said, listen, I said, listen, if that person can't be in my life, I don't want the blessing. That's how much the witchcraft was on me. Yep. I said, I don't want the blessing. And then I ended up telling her, I'm already blessed. I don't need to be blessed. I, I, was, man, I was struggling like a mother time. I'm blessed. Yep. And so the reality of it was, is back there in 2018, being caught in that crazy foolishness. Rihanna was privy to it. Caught in that crazy foolishness. God said, I got to pull you out amongst that. I, I have so much in store for you. I have blessings that will blow your mind. I will open up the windows of heaven and pour you out blessings. You don't have room enough to receive, but I can't allow you to stay attached to this demonic force in your life mm -hmm. because they are eating away at your soul. So, Greg, I hear you, King. I hear what you were going through in those moments because I was even, I even tried to date during that season. I'll be sitting across the table with somebody and I just go, and I just, I just started, and the people be like, uh, earth, they'll, they'll start snapping and say, Earth to the terrace, Earth yeah. to the terrace. I'll be like, what? They said, you just left me. You just, you just zoned out somewhere. Yeah. Because even in that heart posture, even in that position of dating someone else that could see my value, I felt like I was cheating on her because she wasn't on the other side of that table. Mm. Yep. That's what that demonic warfare is. Yep. So when I say I hear your heart. Oh, I hear your heart. And that's the reason why I wanted you to come on this podcast is because, and I know none of this, so thank you for your vulnerability. I didn't know any of this, but I knew that the person that was talking to me on that live had a depth and a capacity because you said that you would witness my journey and it gave you permission to love. It gave yeah. you permission. It, it, it added a reference in your life about, yeah. oh my God, here's a man. It's, it's iron sharpening iron. Yep. You're, you're looking at me and saying, oh, that's a real dude right there. Yep. Now, that's, that's real. I, I can hear how he talks. He, you know, real recognizes real. And so... I said, oh, I, I need them on here because for whatever reason, this synergy that you and I have from a spiritual standpoint, I recognize that there was some commonality and you just confirmed it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So how did you get back to your place of healing to allow yourself to be loved again? This is the beautiful part. And I say our story is identical. There's so much more. Mm -hmm. Like, because, man, to I got marriages. into a relationship. Let's Let me tell you something. I got into a relationship after the marriage. And I just started dating this woman. Well, you talking about being in a demonic relationship? Somewhere you know you ain't got no business being? Yeah. And the reason I jumped in is because I got intimate with her. And because I got intimate with her, I felt an obligation because I'm, I know marriage. Yeah. I ain't got no business out here screwing around and ain't going to make this woman my wife. So I married the woman. Man, listen. Second Bro, marriage. Second marriage. Second marriage. Man, I married the woman to try to fix it. Mm -hmm. And I married her all on the wrong premise. I married her in a place of hurt. Mm -hmm. I married in a place of I'm gonna prove I can I can I can do a marriage. I can make a marriage work. I'm gonna show 
I can show my kids that their dad can be in a healthy marriage. I'm a, I'm gonna make this work. Oh boy. And so I married this woman and I had no business marrying this woman. When I tell you that relationship was so demonic, bro. I had no business in this relationship. I was on the phone with a friend of mine, a female friend, and um she found out about it. This woman said, if I had a gun, I'd have shot you. Your friend said that? No. no, this is the woman I married. The, the wife. Oh, just because you was on the phone with somebody? She said, she said if I had a gun, I'd have shot Because you were talking on the phone to a... With a female. A friend. And I, and I told her, like, I have female friends. I'm not finna isolate myself. I said, you can meet them. I said, but I'm like, let's be real. I'm, I'm not doing anything. It was a conversation because I can't communicate with you. And so, man, that joker said, if I had a gun, I'd have shot you. Right. Did you believe Did you believe Absolutely. Us? It took me a minute because I felt... I didn't want to feel that rejection again. Yeah. That marriage didn't last a year. And like I, I feel for her because whatever help she needs, I pray she gets it. But I had no business in that relationship. Right. And I realized, I said, God, I hear you. I hear you, God. I said, I'm not staying connected to this. I said, because I'm in up dead. Yeah. I said, because someone can say that and she said it, she said like they said in Harlem Nights. <laughs> you saw my pinky toe. <laughs> 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 I saw the image. I said, man, I'm gonna be dead if I don't get a relationship. <laughs> and so um I got out of that. Thank God. We well, got she out called of that. Me. She called you. She this, called me. This, when you said something about a lifetime story, I'm telling you. She called if, me. You get, if you get this whole story in the terrace, you're gonna be crying and you're gonna be laughing your right. butt off. I'm telling you. And so, but I was able to get out of that relationship, got out of it, and I took some time. Like I wasn't studying nobody. Like my heart had gotten numb. To the point where I wasn't going to feel that. White anything. people, if you're watching the podcast, when a person that ain't studying you, that means that they're not listening to you. They they have they're not aware of your presence. That's yes. what we say, studying. Okay? Exactly. All right. And go ahead. And so like that process kept going, and then I think I started maybe a year or two later. I started dating, but it was like eh, eh. Yeah. And like I was like, you know what? This ain't working. And so, um, man, I was leaving drill because I'm in the military as well. I'm in the army. And so I was leaving drill thank one weekend. Thank you for your service, King. <laughs> yes, thank you for sure. your service. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I had a good buddy of mine. Her name was Brandy. And she was like, because she had came back up in my heart again, strong. And so I was like, God, I want to play with this woman. Because I didn't feel like I was where I needed to be spiritually, physically. And I'm alluding to how God will bless you and take you to a place Regardless, of, it ain't got nothing to do with what you feel like you justified mm -hmm. or what you deserve. It's what he has for you. It's mm -hmm. his plan. And his plan is to bless you. It ain't about what you think you measure up to because the truth of the matter, he looking at Jesus when he look at you because mm. he covered in his image and his blood. But anyway, I was like, man, I can't. I said, man, what if I, what if I tell this woman this and none of this stuff works out? This is like three years later, two or three years later after divorce. And after and I, my second divorce as well. Yeah, I, yeah. And you got married too a second time. Yeah. Boy, there's we some went, parallel stuff here. We went yeah. through the same thing. How long was your second marriage? My second one, I think it was four or five years. It was, it was. Um, so it was a minute for y'all got back together. And yeah. then I was in another five year relationship yeah, after I know. that. Oh, 15 years? You ain't yeah. nothing but it 40. Was, you ain't nothing but 40. Eight, Listen, thank you. I'm going to take it and receive all that. He, listen, he said it's, it was 24 years before we got back yeah, together. 24 years. 24. 24. To the day. February 26, 2018 is when we got back together. Say that day one more again. February 26, 2018. It was when she walked back into my life. 
when I saw him again. He had always been there. He had always been there. And like I said, you, we went through two marriages here, two marriages there, another relationship here that I was really praying myself out of that relationship and getting counseling, receiving, uh, asking God for confirmation. I kept getting confirmation after confirmation after confirmation. Yeah. And then he sends me a text one day and um, just says, ask how I'm doing and just ask if he could pray with me. And I was like, what? Can you can you pray for me and the kids? Of course you can. And then it is history from there. Five years of first marriage, five years of second marriage, five years of dating relationship, and y'all been together for five years. Mm -hmm. And we're here on your show. Yep. <laughs> on your podcast. Yep. On your podcast. So, Greg, how did it transition from praying to laying? I did because I laid out. I got you. I got you. But I'm trying to stay at that place. So <laughs> I laid out an, an entire message. And like when I started texting, man, tears was running down my eyes because it was like a release. It was like I'm putting it all out here. So in that prayer, you it wasn't that you just wanted to pray for it from a platonic standpoint. You was like, I, I want you. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, absolutely, one thousand yeah. percent. But I also want you to know I love I love the children. I love you. And my concern is for everybody. I'm not just in here to get you because I know what comes with you. It ain't just you. It's her, her children. It's her parents. It's her cousins, her aunties, her uncles, friends who I may get along with, I may not get along with, but because they have value to her, like all of that, I'm, I'm ready to take on all of that because it ain't just you. You come with a you come with a city. It ain't a village. Yeah. You come with a city. <laughs> sure do. Yeah. If not a nation. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm serious. So you come with a nation. And so I'm ready to endure whatever that's gonna take because you're worth it. You have that value. You mean that to me. So whatever comes with you, I want you to know I'm here for it. And I ain't going nowhere. Ain't nothing. And it gets realer than that. Mm -hmm. It gets realer than that. Cause I even told my wife. Y'all Negroes try to y'all want to. I, I told my <laughs> wife, I said, even if we get to the point of infidelity, it ain't going nowhere. That ain't no pass. I don't believe right. in no passes. But it's the reality of letting you know, look, I'm here. Whatever it look like, we're going to get through this. What does that mean when he says that to you? It, just what he said, that he's here. Um, does that make he you is, say, there's no way on God's green earth I will ever cheat on you? Yeah, I'm not cheating on him. That point of my life is far gone um i've done that did that i've uh, dealt with the results from there i've had to re well, allow god to rebuild me and um and give me my purpose back my sense of purpose and my sense of value for myself um i was able to break through those emotional roadblocks and because i have broken through those and i know what the other side looks like i don't want to go back there like one of my cousins told me she said Listen, I don't know what you're doing, but you need to teach a class. She was like, and hey, you and Greg stand together. You can't come back to this pool. I said, girl, I don't want to come back to that pool, okay? At all, period. So I don't want to swim no more. Answer this. When people hear that, you have some people that say, like, and he, he prefaces and said, I'm not giving her a pass. Mm -hmm. But what do you say? Do you look at that as a pass for him to say that? No, I don't because that's not where my mindset is. Do you feel the same way with him? Yes. If he were to cheat on you, that you say I would, I would, I would never leave you. I would never leave him. I will not leave him. Um, Why? I, I feel that 
like you said, this is my purpose partner. I feel this is this is the the man who God has called to be my covering and our children's covering. Um, he is my king. He is my protector. He, he is. There is nobody else that can fill that role. I want you to speak to the camera. And I want you to talk to a lot of people don't know that I have people that women who have DM me and they've shared that they are cheating on their, their spouses or whatnot. And that husband will never know. He will never find mm -hmm. out. Um, but I want you to speak to them like only you can. And then I want you to speak to the brothers, Greg, but, uh, Shaquille, I want you to speak to the women that may be in adulterous relationship and whatever God allows you to say to them, do so queen. Okay. Hello beauties. Um, I just want you to know that one part of healing is learning how to forgive you have to forgive all the hurt, um, the trauma that people have brought to you or maybe that you've caused yourself. Um, forgiveness will, it's a crutch. And if you don't allow yourself to forgive, you are not going to be able to heal. Another part of healing is being honest with yourself. And for those that are cheating, um, like I said, I've been there before. It doesn't feel good. And you know the saying, hurt people, hurt people. That should not be the motto. That should not be the quote because you know what it feels like to be hurt because I'm sure you've been on that side. So you should not want to cause that hurt on anybody else. You have to learn how to break through those roadblocks and, and release that trauma and that shame that your past has caused you and admit that you're hurting because you can't heal until you admit that you're hurting. Um, and seek help. I had to do it. There's various other women that have to, had to do it, and there's nothing wrong with it. Uh, one of the things that that I learned, and I and again I address this in my book, and there are steps in there that if you take, it is your roadblock to healing. It's going to take you on a journey, but you have to do the work. Um, you have to do the work. You have to be honest with yourself and start journaling. I found out for myself that it was easier for me to write things out. I can express myself better when I write it out, especially when you're hurting, because it's just you and that piece of paper. Create yourself a safe space. Find some, some women that you can talk to that's not just talking to you to get in your business. Get you a coach, right? Get you a therapist and get you a coach. Two separate things. All right. You have to move past that hurt. Good. Thank you so much. Um, Greg, whatever's on your heart, briefly share it with the audience. Bros, um, as men, we kind of have this facade of where we have to portray ourselves a certain way to be respected by other men. Today's society has this saying about an alpha man, beta man, all these freaking letters. And it's like we we constantly are letting other people define who we are as men, how we how we share ourselves, how we want to be represented and seen in, in, in the community. An example is just this show, what LaTerrence is doing here. He's been very vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And look at the reach that it's caused. Just imagine if you put down your walls, if you trust who you are as a man, and imagine what God can do in you, through you, and what he has for you. You have to, we, I hope the men that, that are listening to me get to the point of trusting yourself, yeah. trusting God, mm -hmm. and then throwing off being concerned about what other people think. So what? You're going to love that woman that way. That ain't their business. That's between you and God. 
So what you want to make sure you make sure your kids are taken care of. You want to be there for your children. That is your business. That's your mandate. That's your call. That's between you and God. Throw away these titles of these alpha men. Throw away this beta men stuff because that's just something to get you confused. That's just something to, to have you chasing another imaginary image of what the world says a man should look like, right? A man should look like someone who loves his wife, loves his spouse, loves his family, and wants to make sure they're cared for, protected, and that they have no needs as it concerns their daily daily needs. So, man, moving forward, know who you are. Mm-hmm. Be comfortable in who you are. Don't feel like you got to be these other men who the world tells you got to be. You know what's in your heart. You know what you love. You know what your strengths are. Trust that. And don't feel like you got to justify that to anybody because you created in God's image. Heavenly Father, we come to you thanking you. Yes, Lord. <sighs> we thank you, God, for the vulnerability of this couple. We thank you for their transparency, God. Yes, God. Lord, you said that people are overcome by the word of our testimonies and by the blood of the Lamb. So, God, we ask that your blood just covers this couple right now in the name yes. of Jesus. And as their testimony has fallen on the ears of the listeners and um, the viewers, God, we ask that it be transformative. Yes. We ask that whatever issues and idiosyncrasies that people are wrestling with, yes. God, we ask that you excavate the pain, you yes. excavate the hurt, yes. and God, you shower them with your love yes. and forgiveness. God, I don't take this platform lightly, and I thank you for the trajectory yes. that Dear Future Wife podcast is on right now. And God, I ask that it continues to heal, set free, and deliver those that glean into this podcast for wisdom, hope, education, love. God, I ask that you just keep doing what you do best. Yes. God, as we are on a journey to make our marriages stronger and those that are single that desire marriage, God, I ask that you just be in the midst. Yes. God, you are love. Yes. Your name means love. Yes. And so, God, I just thank you. Yes. We just want to make sure that you stay in the center of our lives. Yes. Yes. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Kiki. Yes. How do people get your book? They can go to Amazon or Barnes and Noble or anywhere books are sold. You also can visit my website at www.keelatrights.com. Um, spell Keela for them. K-E-L-A. K-E-L-A. KeelaWright.com. Keela T. KeelaTright.com. Yes. And um, what made you write this book? Because it's a testimony. So what made you write it? It is a testimony. Um, what made me write it was because I had been through two divorces and I would receive, re, would receive so many phone calls from women, from cousins, from friends, whomever would know part of my story asking me how I made the decision. Because we grew up in a, my father's a pastor. Um, pretty much all the men on my mother's side are pastors. We grew up in a very spiritual family and they wanted to know how I made the decision and how did I recover from it and be successful at doing it. And a uh, long time, years ago when I was a teenager, I wasn't thinking about having kids or anything. It was prophesied to me that I would write books. And I was like, well, I don't know nothing about writing no books. And I still don't. But, <laughs> but um, I just felt like it was God's timing telling me, to write the book and when I wrote it we didn't get to even talk about the part we 
even though we've been married five years, we lived apart for two years, seeing each other when we could during the month for work purposes. So when y'all was married? Me and Greg. While y'all was married? While we're married now. We, we lived apart for two years. And so it was during that time that I caught that I was in my Nineveh that I think that God placed it in me to go ahead and get it out. Get this yeah. book out because I've told you to do this. Get it out. So I just wanted to help women. I want to help women blossom, uh, break through those roadblocks, um, learn how to heal and forgive so that they can be the best versions of themselves. Let me ask you this because mm-hmm. I want to end on this. What did your daddy say when y'all finally got together? My daddy was elated. Like... He called. He said, I'm going to let you tell it in a minute. <laughs> he texted and he was asking for my, if he could have my dad's number again. Cause he, him and my dad had talked over the years and whatnot. And, um, I said, yeah. So I gave him my dad's number. I didn't know what he wanted with my daddy, but yeah. You what wanted, happened, Greg? Go ahead, Greg. So I wanted to approach her dad and apologize for me hurting his daughter. And then to ask if he trusted me to marry his daughter. And I made a vow to him of what I would do for his daughter, for our children, for his family. And I was asking if my vow was acceptable enough for you to trust me to marry your daughter. He said, you can't be no worse than the last two, huh? <laughs> he was smiling before I could he, even finish the conversation. He was like, he was so happy. He was in tears. Did he still have the house? The house he's going to no. give y'all? No, no, he didn't. Wouldn't no, that be a beautiful full circle experience? Yes, it would. If he it said, would. And here, y'all was living separate or whatever because of due to work. And then he says, and I have a house for y'all to come live together. Well, that's going to be in the movie. The movie's going to be. That's it. Come on. We receive a, it. We he's receive going to have a house. He's going to have his house for y'all. We have to kick the tenant out and give it to y'all. That's it. <laughs> but that's listen, it. man, um, thank y'all so much for y'all vulnerability. You're thank welcome. y'all. I didn't even know what this interview was going to be about. The main purpose of having you come on, Greg, is just to give a voice to men. To because when when I spoke to you on the live, and to know that you found so much value in me as a brother uh, doing this on Dear Future Wifey, I said I need him yep. because what I what I believe in is putting um, remnants. And so mm-hmm. what happens is is that with you, I, God gave me a mission this year. He said, "Go after the Adams," and and I my. My own little mantra this year is, Adam, where are you? So I'm I'm intensely going after men. And so when you pulled up on that live, I was like, God, you okay, you be hearing my heart's desire. Yeah, and so I it. said, Well, come on down here. Yes, you know yes, what I'm saying? Yes, sir. And so, um, and so what I believe that God is gonna do through your testimony, you have no idea. You you t- you said at the very beginning, I have no idea about the impact that I'm making. You have no idea what you just did, King. Mm. You have no idea about the dispensation that occurred from you sharing your testimony as a man. Because, Greg, as men, we operate in this toxic masculinity where Mm -hmm. a woman, you said something that was, you said some some gems, and you're going to see it in the comments. They're going to be like, that's a gem, that's a gem, that's a gem. You made a comment about even her decisions that she made, that was y'all's decision. Whether they're good or bad, those are y'all's decisions. That means oneness that means accountability that means if we can operate as a couple and say hey if you mismanage your uh you know the income we mismanage our income because something is off in our we became one we we, we didn't become one like this beautiful unity candle right but then oh, no, you you did that see you the one that's making in you this and you that mm-hmm. no we did that mm-hmm. if we could have that level of intentionality in our marriages then we can operate not shifting blame on the other. We say, we did this. Mm-hmm. 
But here's the beautiful thing. Like, to attach to what you said, we got to allow our life struggles. We got to see that those struggles are creating the person who we praying to be. And we thinking that those struggles are hindering us. Mm -hmm. Those struggles are sharpening us to be who God has called us to be. And we got to trust God. No matter what it looks like, the naysayers, the people telling you what you is, you're a piece of crap. Like, you got to let that stuff go. And, like, we're so stuck in this traditional way of thinking, man, that we think it's got to look like this. Man, if that person, if you sat down with that couple and you, if you x-ray their life, yes. you'd probably be vomiting. Yep. Because you're like, man, that ain't what they said. That ain't what they betrayed. I don't want that. You know what I mean? I don't want to go through that. But when we start going through stuff, we start hiding it, yeah. thinking that, oh, that ain't looking like this. It ain't looking like how Adam yeah. did in the garden. Yeah. Man, embrace your struggle. Embrace your beautiful chaos. Embrace yes. your beautiful brokenness. And realize God is taking you, allowing you to go through those struggles so that you can be what it is that you're praying and asking God for. That young boy at 15 years old that asked God for his wife, and through two divorces on both of y'all's standpoint, mm -hmm. and you say y'all reconnected 24 years later, mm -hmm. God heard your prayer. Absolutely. When I say how intentional God was, all the way back from the moment when she saw you in the computer lab and she was just like, mm -hmm. hey, I need him. Let exactly. me write this letter. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's like that stuff is beautiful. <laughs> when, I, when, I, when I look how God moves, because at any given time, you could have given up hope. You know, and at times you probably just was like, all right, I'm married now. I can't be sitting up and thinking about this other woman. Absolutely. You know, so it is what it is. And then that falls out. You're like, well, dang it. What is, why am I still drawn back to this? All right, well, never mind. All right, now I get with somebody else. And, oh, and, and, and she's with somebody. It's timing. Timing mm -hmm. is so, so timing is everything. Yes, it and is. And so to have y'all finally reconnect for such a time as this to serve purpose is awe-inspiring. Hey, listen, make sure that y'all, y'all have any social media pages that people can follow? Yes. Mine is Keela T. Rice, K-E-L-A-T Rice on IG and on Facebook is just my name, Shaquilla Matthews. On Facebook is just my name, Greg, G-R-E-G-G -G, Matthews. And on IG, I have a page that's dedicated to the love of my life. It's underscore my forever love underscore on IG. Why you have a page dedicated to her? Because, man, <laughs> I love his her. Wife. I love her. And and I want, want, you ain't got no page dedicated to him. <laughs> you got your own Instagram page. It's, it's our show. page. <laughs> yes, okay? Said, it's like said, it's both ours. Said, I got a page dedicated <laughs> to her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you just post stuff about her? That's it. Whenever it crosses my heart, whenever I get something happens impactful, I share it and I put it on there. But you also show vulnerable moments for men on there as well. And I think one thing as as a woman, we have to allow our men to be vulnerable. You better. Yeah. If you want if you want him to be soft with you. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, these women be like, I want a man to be, you know, there's a song, uh, what, um, Ralph Tresvan, I need a man with sensitivity. Oh, yeah. But then right. you get him, then you call him weak. Exactly. Bipolar check. Right. Exactly. And then you're like, oh, you too. I need a man. I want a rough neck. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. we ought to see Until about this crazy stuff. Yeah. 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 He pop yeah, your side head and you're like, I don't need it. It's like, come on. Accept that, man. I love what you said uh, when you was talking to the camera about we let these titles, you know, beta man, sigma man, alpha man, all yeah. this stuff, and then we try to find ourselves in the midst of that. Yep. And God ain't never told us to be none of that. <laughs> God just man, says be a man after his own heart. Yeah. And it. so, listen, 
I could talk to them all day. Um, thank y'all so much for tuning in to Dear Future Wifey podcast. Up next is a letter to my future wifey. Ladarian thrusted suddenly into Child Protective Services in 2015. My nephew, black, a boy. The likelihood of being adopted outside of kinship, slim to none. Armani, 16 years old, black, a boy, with five years in the foster care system before I even knew his name. The likelihood of ever being adopted, yep, you guessed it, slim to none. While Ladarian and Armani were trying to survive and barely thrive in an overpopulated and underfunded foster care system, I was living my own life, doing well professionally. Having been a single father with a daughter who at that point was doing well in college, it was my time to live my life, right? Wrong. I felt unsettled, tireless, agitated. There are just too many of our black children stuck in ambiguity and in the limbo of the foster care system. In 2017, I legally adopted my nephew, Ladarian. Fast forward to 2019, I had no ties to this other young king, but I felt God instructed me to adopt him also, and I obeyed. Starting over with parenting should have been enough, right? Working with various foster care and adoption agencies to help bring awareness to the countless young black kings in the foster care system should have decreased my agitation, right? Joining the board of directors of Advantage Adoption, an organization that helps find permanent adoptive homes for children in foster care, should have led to some type of resolve, right? No, not at all. None of it felt like I had done enough. I now realize that every one of those experiences was laying the fundamental foundation for my life's mission, Kingdom Royale. Kingdom Royale will be a luxury, state-of-the-art home for foster boys. Our first location will be in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We will utilize the whole person approach that instills identity, empowers them to advocate for themselves, and enlightens them regarding new perspectives and limitless options that they thought were impossible. Though the young kings will attend the local public schools that are in proximity to Kingdom Royale, our at-home curriculum will broaden their worldview through participating in the arts, attending various cultural events, learning about and engaging in multifaceted discussions about current events and even relevant historical contexts, introducing them to gardening and landscaping and even caring for our animals on our farm and on-site stables. We just launched our startup capital campaign with the goal of raising $2.8 million. Now, why $2.8 million? Well, in 2017, I created a web series in which I performed random acts of kindness for targeting the homeless community. One of the most notable successes was that one of the videos went viral, garnering 28 million views. However, one of my biggest regrets is that I didn't raise a single dollar to help in implementing a more sustainable plan for the homeless community. So throughout the years, with much remorse, I reflected on not maximizing that moment. I knew if at that time, just 10% of the viewers donated $1, we would have raised at least $2.8 million that could have really established long-term support for the homeless community, or at least started a long-term initiative to do so. This is my do-over. This is our new beginning. Together, we can attack this at the root by specifically helping our homeless black boys who are already disproportionately represented in the American foster care system. I'm LaTaris R. Whitfield. I've been nominated for three regional Emmys documenting my work with the homeless as well as my personal adoption journey. 
Despite those accolades, the greatest award for me is truly providing the infrastructure for a transformed life. Visit KingdomRoyale.com for more details. Crown a king and make a donation today. Were y'all blessed by that episode? Listen to Matthews. Gosh, that was just, uh, I love it when I talk to lit people, man. I absolutely love it. So lit fam, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope that they made deposits into your love life. Um, thank you to the Matthews. Well, here's my favorite part of the podcast where I speak to my future wifey. Dear future wifey, I find comfort in knowing that our connection is part of a divine plan carefully orchestrated by God's perfect timing. As we navigate life individually, I trust that each experience shapes us for the moment we'll come together. In this season of waiting, I'm focusing on personal growth, deepening my faith and preparing to share a life with you. I believe that when God's timing aligns, our union will be a beautiful testament to his plan. I eagerly anticipate the day our paths merge and until then, know that you're always in my prayers with hopeful anticipation, your future hubby. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Dear Future Wifey podcast. Remember, be lit, live intentionally and transparently, and don't stop loving. Make sure to subscribe to our Dear Future Wifey YouTube channel. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. We welcome your support. Simply share our podcast with your friends and family. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.